Hare Krishna, Banchakalpa Trubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhebacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha. So we're ready to resume our class on the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Chapter 28, which is called Jnana Yoga. Um, we stopped in August. <laughs> So uh, I'm going to go back and remind you a little bit of what we uh, have read so far, and then uh, we'll pick up where we uh, where we left off. Um, it's a very interesting chapter. Um, it's getting more and more interesting uh, as as I read it. In some ways, it's a really very good commentary on uh, chapter 7 of the Bhagavad Gita which is called uh, Knowledge of the Absolute by Prabhupada and uh, and this is called Janana Yoga uh, and uh, and uh, this is a Janana Yoga which is sep- not separate from Bhakti but is included within it um, so anyway we want to go back uh, um, uh, because because uh, there's been a discussion uh, that we've covered uh, about, I won't go back to the whole chapter, but we'll start maybe this review a little bit. Uh, we're starting off with chapter, with uh, text 25. So let's go back to 20 and review a little bit. Um, before reasons. They do that, they go, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So text 20 is here is describing how, uh, what we've already seen in, in the Chatur Shlogi Bhagavatam, and how Krishna is really the only thing that exists. <laughs> That's all that there is. Uh, and what illusion is, is seeing anything separately from Krishna. Then you don't see what's reality, but you see illusion. Uh, so actually in 19, uh, Krishna has says, uh, gold alone is present before its manufacture into gold products, and gold alone remains after the product's destruction, and gold alone is the essential reality why it is being utilized under various designations. Similarly, I alone exist before the creation of this universe, after its destruction, and during its maintenance. This is this reflects a statement in the Chatur Shloki Bhagavatam. So then he goes on, the material mind manifests in three phases of consciousness, wakefulness, sleep, and deep sleep, which are the products of the three modes of nature. The mind further appears in three different roles, the perceiver, the perceived, and the regulator of perception. Thus the mind is manifest various through these threefold designations, but is the fourth factor existing separately from all this that constitutes the absolute truth. That which did not exist in the past and which will not exist in the future, has no existence of its own during the, for its period of duration. 
but is only a superficial designation. In my opinion, whatever is created and revealed by something else is ultimately only that other thing. And everything that's created and revealed is Krishna. Then he goes on, text 22, Although not existing in reality, this manifestation of transformations created from the mode of passion appears real because the self-manifested, self-luminous, absolute truth exhibits himself in the form of material variety of the senses, the sense objects, the mind, and the elements of physical nature. So on both sides, what seems to be the perceiver and what seems to be the perceived is all not existing in reality. Then he goes on. Thus clearly understanding by discriminating logic the unique position of the absolute truth, one should expertly refute one's misidentification with matter and cut to pieces all doubts about the identity of the self, becoming satisfied with the soul, with the soul's natural ecstasy, one should desist from all lusty engagements of the senses, of the material senses, excuse me. Uh, text 24, this is where we're, we'll start with 25. The material body made of earth is not the true self, nor are the senses, their presiding demigods, or the air of life nor is the external air, water or fire, or one's mind. All these are simply matter. Similarly, neither one's intelligence, material consciousness, nor ego, nor the elements of ether, or the earth, nor the objects of sense perception, nor even their primeval state of material equilibrium can be considered the actual identity of the soul. So now, we go on, we're going to resume here, Uh, and uh, here there's going to be some discussion about the uh, yogi. Who's properly realized uh, uh, his identity? So, so this uh, interesting. What it says here, uh, twenty-five and twenty-six, uh, describing the perfected jnani or the good yogi. Because then they'll go through the bad yogi, <laughs> the ku yogi. <laughs> So the perfect Janani, and uh, 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 both 25 and 26 make a single point uh, using two examples. Uh, uh, 25 
as we'll see the sun and the clouds in 26 uh, uh, space uh, uh, and then the grosser elements space is the subtlest element of the of the of the uh, ton mantras is is what we call empty space which is actually not empty at all <laughs> okay so here's 25 we'll begin here samahitai kai karanair gunat mabir guno bavin mat suvivik tadhamna vishipyamanair uttakim nudushanam kanair upetair vigatai rave kim the translation is for one who has properly realized my personal identity as the Supreme Godhead, what credit is there if his senses, mere products of material modes, are perfectly concentrated in meditation? And on the other hand, what blame is incurred if his senses happen to become agitated? Indeed, what does it mean to the sun if the clouds come and go? Uh, so, uh, yeah, so if we look at this, this samahitai, uh, the senses, uh, uh, the karana, the senses, the instruments, the instruments of knowledge and the instruments of action are called senses. Which are, uh, if those senses uh, are perfectly concentrated, samahitai and meditation, uh, then uh, what will be the virtue? Do you see this word guna? Uh, here is translated as virtue because it means quality. So, um, we do that in English sometimes. This is a quality product, <laughs> you know, meaning good quality. So sometimes guna just mean, by itself means a good quality. So a virtue here is translated as virtue. Uh, what credit, what virtue uh, is there if it's perfectly concentrated in meditation upon me? Uh, and on the other hand, uh, uh, so that mat suviveka dhamna, who for this is a person who has personally in a person who has person who has properly ascertained viveka viveka means discrimination. So he can understand the self and the nature of the self separately from matter. So here's that person. So if he's perfectly concentrated in in trance. Uh, you know, on me. Uh, if he's really advanced, what difference does that make? Because then, and on the other hand, if he appears to be, if this person appears to be agitated or disturbed, uh, uh, then what's the blame? Uh so that's it. Uh, 
If one who is properly realized, they translate this perfectly, Samahita, this perfectly realized, my personal identity as the Supreme Godhead. You, I mean, that, that, that understanding is there because it's already explained that there's nothing but Krishna. So a person who's in this perfected state, there's nothing but Krishna. Whether he's inside, concentrating in meditation, withdrawn from the world and observing the Lord, or if he looks outside, no difference. He sees Krishna everywhere. There's nothing but Krishna for this this person. Uh, so here, uh, 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 the... Uh, Uh, let me get it up here. Uh, here, in the purport, it says, A pure devotee of the Lord is considered eternally liberated because he has perfectly understood the Lord's transcendental personality and abode and is always engaged in serving the Lord's mission within this world. Although superficially, such a devotee may appear agitated by events in the material world while engaged in the Lord's mission, this does not change his exalted status as the Lord's eternal servitor, just as the exalted status of the Son is not changed even when the uh, uh, Son is apparently covered by clouds. So the Son is there, the sunshine is there, and it may appear to be covered, but it's not. Uh, and and uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says on this one um, he just says my devotee with knowledge and discrimination has no relation to good and bad produced by the senses and the minds what is the virtue by having steady senses for a person who's realized my form? What is the fault of having unsteady senses? So, uh, because it may sometimes seem, I mean, I saw Prabhupada in a state of real anger. You know, I had brought a professor to see him, and Prabhupada just blasted him. And he became very angry. I brought the professor who was in my department, religion department. He was an Indian guy who had uh, become basically a Buddhist. And he was, although he was brought up as a Vaishnava, and uh, apparently appeared to be challenging Srila Prabhupada. And Prabhupada became like really angry, and he just blasted him. Uh, and uh, and a couple of my fellow graduate students were with him too at the same time so like I'm thinking and uh, uh, so uh, then, then, then he finally left Brahmananda actually said you better leave now before you get even more offensive <laughs> he took the guy out of the room you know and I'm sitting there, and all these GBCs, this is here, Prabhupada came to Philadelphia in 75 for Rathiatra, and all these GBCs were like looking at me like I'd done a horrible thing. And you could see the veins standing out on Prabhupada's forehead, you know. Oh, Prabhupada, here's a nice article about Gita Nagri. You know, they're all trying to look at me, you know, like what I'd done, you know. Mm. 
But I assumed the guy was going to be favorable. He'd actually use nectar devotion in his one of his classes, you know. And uh, so I spent a sleepless night uh, thinking that uh, uh, I really offended Prabhupada. And I was driving him on his mo- to his morning walk the next day in the car, and I s- had to straight up, com- you know, making my apo- composing an apology. I said, I'm sorry, I, I brought that, uh, that professor to see you, uh, Prabhupada. I, I didn't realize he was such a demon. The Prabhupada said, oh, no, it's all right. And he said, at least he was chastised. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was great satisfaction. <laughs> at least he was chastised. And, uh, and then uh, I... Uh, 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 and so it may appear that that Prabhupada was was angry, but it actually he was in his transcendental position all the time, and he actually did good. I mean, by the way, I mean uh, he he uh, originally went around and complained to people about Prabhupada, and uh, and then but I saw him years later, even after this incident was put in Prabhupada Lilamrita. Uh, uh, book but even after that book was out there I, I saw the professor just after he retired and before just after we happened to run across each other and he said to said to me he said you know I was originally angry with your spiritual master when he got uh, treated me like that he said but now I realized he was very kind and I want you to know that I've gone back to worshipping Krishna <laughs> Uh, and uh, he was very, very merciful to me. <laughs> he said, "You know, that's what." <laughs> he was, so, so he was. He was quite. He was quite uh, grateful. You know, unfortunately, that happened and didn't get it in the Prabhupada Lilamrita. But that's what. That's what the upshot was. Uh, and so Prabhupada really knew what he was doing. You know, if you th- thought that he shouldn't have gotten angry. And the sochati and the konchati, doesn't it? So, uh, uh, so here, this is so we're talking about really a very advanced de- devotee. Uh, everything he does is in connection with Krishna, sees Krishna everywhere, acts as Krishna's instrument. So, in that, it may look as though there's pleasure and pain or happiness, and it's, it's not there. You shouldn't see it. Uh, uh, yeah. BBT says a pure devotee of the Lord is considered eternally liberated. Eternally liberated, not just considered, he is. Because he has perfectly understood the Lord's transcendental personality and abode and always engaged in serving the Lord's mission within this world. Although superficially such a devotee may appear agitated by events in the material world while engaged in the Lord's mission, this does not change his exalted status as the Lord's eternal servitor. Just as the sun's exalted status is not changed when the sun appears covered by clouds. So that's the first example. Uh, Now another example uh, with text 26. 
the second example. Uh, this is the, 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 the sky, which remember, really when they say sky, uh, they mean space. You know, the, the most subtle tanmatra, akasha, or here it's called nabha. Uh, so this verse goes, yata nabhavya vyanilim anilam bubu gunayar gatagatayar vartu gunayar nasajjate tatakshoram sattva rajastamo malayar aham mate samsistihe to be param the sky may display the various qualities of the air, fire, water, and earth that pass through it, because the, the space is all-pervading. So anything that takes up space seems to be compromising space, but it's not. Uh, so the sky may display the various qualities of the air, fire, water, and earth that pass through it, as well as such qualities as heat and cold, which continually come and go with the seasons. Yet the sky is never entangled with any of these qualities. Similarly, which means Einstein is wrong, by the way, what he considers to be, you know, space bending and stuff like that, something else. Similarly, the supreme absolute truth is never entangled with the contaminations of goodness, passion, and ignorance, which cause the material transformations of the false ego. In other words, when creation takes place, uh, uh, this ahamati, this, this is another way of saying false ego, the perception of aham uh, uh, is, uh, is, uh, is, uh, uh, Yeah, the, the, the yeah. aham mati. Mati means an opinion or an idea, and aham, that idea that, so they, they, this conception of uh, a false ego. Uh, uh, Banuswami translates this, just as the sky is not affected by the coming and going of air, fire, water, and earth, or by the seasons, so Brahman is not affected by a hankara, or by, by the contamination of sattva, rajas, and tamas, the causes of material existence. All those are transformations of ahankara. Because if you look how the word is created, ahankara appears, and then hankara and goodness, passion, and ignorance, and so on. Uh, so this ahankara is there before the living entities are, <laughs> are actually uh, there. This. Uh, what form was it before that? Uh, so, so that that's created first, and then it, so ahankara is is a the, the subtlest, you know, uh, of the elements, and then we participate in it in, in different uh, degrees that give us this conceit. The, the Mona Williams they they define ahankara rahan mama as having the conceit of individuality. <laughs> it's that way. Uh, 
So this is uh, an, another e e example. Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says, uh, the jiva mukta, that is to say the liberated soul, becomes Brahman. Uh, there is no good or bad in him at that time. An example is given. The sky is not affected by elements which desiccate, that is to say dries up, heat, moistens or contaminates with dust and then disappears, or by the seasons which create heat and cold. Similarly, Brahman is not affected by a hankara or the contamination of the gunas which cause samsara. So that devotee is on that platform, Brahma-bhuta, prasanatma, asalchati, And in that state you can understand Krishna. Uh, so this is his... Uh, uh, this is the state of the uh, perfected yogi. Now we go on, uh, 27, 28, and 29 uh, describes the unperfected jnani, or as the word is used here, kuyogi. <laughs> you know, in Sanskrit you have two prefixes. Uh, ku, which means bad, and su, which means good. Mm. You know, ku Devi, Su Devi, <laughs> Ku Das and Su Das. Uh, you, you can be Ku and Su, right? So here's the Ku Yogi, the bad Yogi. It's interesting, the word is in the Moner Williams Dictionary, Moner Williams Sanskrit English Dictionary. And uh, they cite the Bhagavatam as the source of this word, where it's where it's found. They tell you where they find it, some of the places they find it. So uh, here, where it shows up. So here, uh, text twenty-seven begins with the word tatapi, which means nevertheless. <laughs> uh, uh, so this uh, this twenty-seven goes. Tatapi sangha parivar janiyo guneshu maya rachicheshu tavat madbhakti yogena dridena yavat rajonarasita mana kashayaha. The translation is nevertheless, by until by firmly practicing devotional service to me, one has completely eliminated from his mind all contamination of material passion. <coughs> one must be very carefully, one must very carefully avoid associating with the material modes which are produced by my illusory energy. Uh, Vishnath Jakavarti Thakur says, uh, the unperfected jnani should not act as he pleases like a liberated person. This is expressed in two verses. This in the next verse. He says, attraction, rajaha, that's the word in the Sanskrit, you, 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 uh, 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 in this verse here, rajaha, uh, rajo nirasyeta, is rajaha, which means raj, passionate attraction, uh, for sense objects should be eliminated 
So as long you have to, Kim, you know, you have to be very, very careful. Uh, he should not act as he pleases, because a person who's completely liberated, you know, can. We have so many examples from the, from the Bhagavatam. They can do things that look like. It looked like like a little Skudego Swami. Looked like a like a crazy guy, you know, like a madman. He could act like that. Uh, other people act like that with who are really attracted to certain aspects of the mode of ignorance and passion. You know? So anyway, so uh, 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 that that's what it says here. Uh, Tatapi, nevertheless. Uh, that person should parivarajaniyo. Uh, there must be rejected sanganuishu association with the modes, which are produced by Maya. Uh, uh, and you have this uh, structure in Sanskrit tavat yavat for so for that long, so long as long as this, so that you know. So one, so the other, tavat, yavat, until this raja uh, is eliminated, f- uh, the dirt of raja, the dirt of the mode of passion, kashaya, uh, is uh, out of the mind. Uh, uh, and here they say uh, about this, here in the, uh, the BBT per work. The word tatapi in this verse indicates that even though the material nature is non-different from the Supreme Lord, as elaborately described in this chapter, one who has yet to conquer material desire should not artificially associate with material things, declaring them to be non-different from the Lord. See, as soon as you think you're the enjoyer, you've alienated that object from Krishna. And alienated yourself. Because now you're thinking you're the independent enjoyer. You have your... Sense gratification is a God project. I am the enjoyer and I am the controller. That's the two sides of Maya. The Thinking yourself the enjoyer and the controller. Which is, of course, the American dream. <laughs> <laughs> that all the politicians are extolling <laughs> the enjoyer, and I'm the controller. So that's that's the uh, you haven't conquered material desire. That means you are taking God's place, who is the only enjoyer, and uh, and are devotees happy? Yes, but not through their own enjoyment by by seeing that Krishna is happy. Then you can become happy. That's real happiness for a devotee. Uh, thus, one aspiring to be Krishna conscious should not loosely associate with women. Or, if you're a woman, Prophet said this once, <laughs> for the man, woman is the woman, and for the woman, man is the woman, <laughs> you know, the, the, the object of the sense gratification, whatever it may be. Uh, one should not uh, loosely associate with women, sex objects, we could say, claiming them to be none different from the personality of Godhead. For by such imitation, the most advanced devotees will become a sense gratifier. 
And of course, that's what people sometimes, oh, Krishna enjoys the gopis, you know, da-da-da. A neophyte devotee who presumes himself liberated is impelled by the mode of passion to become falsely proud of his position, and thus he neglects the actual process of devotional service to the Lord. One must have a firm and steady engagement in the loving service of the Lord in the direction of higher authorities. Thus, then advancement in Krishna consciousness will be easy and sublime. So getting rid of the mode of passion is very, very difficult. Uh, and uh, sometimes it takes very subtle forms. And they'll describe that now, <laughs> actually what happens. Uh, because uh, 28 uh, goes on. In, in 28 we get the word kuyogi. <laughs> The bad yogi, not su yogi, but ku yogi, uh, which the dictionary a bad yogi imposter, mm-hmm. and they cite Bhagavat Purana as the source of this BHP. Uh, so twenty eight, uh, and, and also uh, twenty nine. By the way, are both about the ku yogi. 29 begins with the word kuyoginaha, in the plural, the practicers of yoga. Uh, so, so here's the two verses about the kuyogi d- directly now here. Uh, so, so 28 goes like this. Yatamayo uh, saddu. Now you see here in the Sanskrit, if you're looking at the transliteration, that there's that apostrophe where it says sadhu it's asadhu actually if you look at the word for word because it just when the, these two words collide together and, and merge uh, uh, that uh, amayaha amayaha is a disease uh, okay, so anyway yata amayo sadhu Ekikshito nrinam puna puna santutati parohan evammano pakva kshaya karam pakva kshaya karma kuyoginam vidyati sarvasangam. Just as an improperly treated disease recurs and gives repeated distress to the patient, the mind that is not completely purified of its perverted tendencies will remain attached to material things and repeatedly torment the imperfect yogi. So this is a very good example here of the improperly treated disease. This word is amayaha, a disease, asaddu chichikshita. Uh, imperfectly treated. Uh, uh, so sometimes you're sick, you take some medicine, you start to feel better, you stop taking your medicine, even though the bottle says keep going until it's gone. <laughs> so some infection may remain and it comes back. Uh, uh, so this is the example, an imperfectly treated disease. So you've begun the process of yoga, you've made a little progress, and I, oh yeah, now I'm all better, you know. Now I'm liberated. Actually, uh, yeah. 
because there's still some pride there, some uh, you know, and you can become a kind of uh, another kind of enjoyer. And they'll talk about those kind of things that will, you know, allow you to cheat if you're an imperfect yogi. So, uh, 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 so this is the this puna puna. Again and again, it gives distress uh, because it. Prarohan, it comes up again, again. In the same way, the the mind which is apakva. You know the the this, the word uh, in, in India. If you go to India, paka mm-hmm. means cooked. <laughs> Something is prepared or finished is paka. So up, uh, but it comes from pakva, the Sanskrit pakva. And so apakva, unpurified, uncompleted, unfinished. And not properly prepared. Apakvakshaya, huh? uh, 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 unper- uh, un- uh, not perfectly f- free from 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 uh, contamination of karma. Uh, this imperfect yoga uh, is tormented uh, uh, also again and again because the sort of a sangam. Still, sangha here means material association. I mean, there's sadhu sangha, but this is asadhu sangha. It's <laughs> bad association. He's treated this way. Vishwan Chakravarti says, just as an imperfect diagnosed disease gives distress again and again, Because sometimes the treatment is wrong because you've not really gotten to the root of it yet, you know. The mind, without having its contamination and its rooting karma destroyed, gives suffering to the yoga, yogi. So its root in karma has to be, you have to uproot it, you know. If you, if you, if you pull out a weed and the root's still there, it comes back up again. Mm-hmm. So you have to really, the, the, the word of uproot, uh, is perfectly describes what uh, what should go on uh, here. The BBT says, um, uh, "Sarva Sangam" refers to one's uh, Sarva Sangam. That word, uh, all uh, attachments, refers to one's stubborn attachment to material objects of so-called enjoyment such as children, wife, money, nations, and friends, one who increases his attachment to children, wife, and so on, although supposedly performing devotional service to the Lord is understood to be either a kuyogi, as described in this verse, or a bewildered neophyte who has failed to properly treat the disease of the heart called material attachment. Uh, That's what it's called in... uh, 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 What's the word? Karma... Uh, so disease it's described in the Bhagavatam as the disease of the heart if one has repeated relapses into material attachment he has failed to eradicate the darkness of ignorance in his heart so it really has to be completed it's quite a project actually uh, 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 that's there 
Uh, let me go. Uh, I want to at least get the next verse because it continues in this uh, uh, the the Kuyogi uh, twenty nine Kuyogi no yevihitan tarayair manushabutais tridasho parish tridasho parish tair te praktakanab te praktanab yasa Balena Bhuyo Yunjanti Yogam Natukarma Tantram. Sometimes the progress of imperfect transcendentalists is checked by attachment to family members, disciples, or others who are sent by envious demigods for that purpose. <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> that could happen. Uh, but on the strength of their accumulated advancement, such imperfect transcendentalists will resume their practice of yoga in the next life. They will never be again. They will never again be trapped in the network of fruitive work. So here's a little encouragement. Huh? So these kuyogi, the imperfect yogis, uh, 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 who are these. Uh, their instructions, antaraya, uh, are in the form of uh, other human beings uh, that are sent by the, the demigods uh, to d d do that. Uh, envious demigods, it says here uh, in, the, in the translation. Uh, those people, because of their uh, abhyasa, their accumulated practice on the strength of that, they again pick up. You know, this is also treated the fate of the unsuccessful yogi in the, by Krishna in the, in the Bhagavad Gita. And, uh, but uh, uh, they'll never be uh, again trapped. So they may, have to, they may have to finish up and take another birth again. Um, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur makes a distinction here. He says... Uh, he says, yogis who are obstructed by friends or disciples inspired by the devatas, not by their absorption and enjoyment, resume their practice in the next life. However, Bhagavatam makes the following statement, and uh, I'll just read the translation. This is 1087.39. Members of the renounced order who fail to uproot the last traces of material desire in their hearts remain impure, and thus you do not allow them to understand you. Although you are present within their hearts, for them you are like a jewel worn around the neck of a person who has totally forgotten it is there. O Lord, those who practice yoga only for sense, uh, for sense gratification, must suffer punishment both in this life and the next. For death will not release them, and from you, whose kingdom they cannot reach. Such sannyasis are different from the yogis mentioned in the present verse. Shruti says, and he quotes from the Brihat Aranyaka Upanishad, the devatas are not pleased that men know Brahman. Uh, uh, 
so there's uh, there, there is a distinction made there uh, between uh, these uh, uh, these two because sometimes we, we there are many cases in the Bhagavatam when somebody's making advancement the devas will try to try to try to to block them they're a little envious they're getting uh, better uh, so those people uh, but otherwise you can be these are obstructions uh, 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 you can take sense gratification from disciples they officially can't criticize you and so you know you oh you know and uh, you bask in their adoration and all those other things and you know you puff up that's that's uh, that can be a difficulty uh, but so here anyway this distinction is being made which I don't think uh, anyway you can read the BBT uh, purport yourself because you're running out of time uh, Yeah. Anyway. Okay, I guess we should stop there then, huh? Are we running? We've got a few minutes left. We can go to questions. Okay, let's see. Any questions or comments? Anybody who's on the phone can ask a question by pressing star six. And if you're on Mayapur TV, you can type a question into the chat box. Um, I have a question. Um, From the studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> so this... Um, I've done a lot of work with this idea of like things being good or bad and just looked at it like differently like I like it you don't like it and not grading it and I, I kind of have a I, I'm just really shocked this um, translation of coup at one point you said the imposter meaning like a false or imperfect yogi and at other points it said bad or and sue would mean good but um, I mean we hear like in like the Ramayan these different archetypes and personalities have these things but they're not really rated as bad they're just like really strong personalities that are actually adding towards the leela you know they're like we don't say like ravana's bad or mantar like they we have, don't say ravana's bad well he's greedy he's got like these <laughs> things but he really also like ram has him have this great I just wondered if 
<laughs> I mean, because we hear the name Kumar, right? Like Kumar. That's different. It's a different coup. Yeah, it's a different coup. It's not a non... Yeah. Mara. Non Mara. <laughs> Bad death. <laughs> yeah. It's, okay. I was, I was just wondering if it, I mean do do the Vedas really look at things as good and bad? Yeah, they do. It's like truth and non truth. Well, it depends it? on what level you're on. Okay. You know, for the per, the person who's situated in Krishna consciousness, there's nothing bad, and and and, and Krishna can also change things. So that that what's good becomes bad, and what's bad becomes good. Also, uh, sometimes that happens in Krishna consciousness, uh, and uh, and so uh, you have to. We have a standard of judgment uh, for ourselves. What helps in Krishna consciousness or favorable to Krishna? We, we that's our discrimination. We accept what's favorable, and reject what's unfavorable. Uh, and the same thing under different circumstances could be different. Mm-hmm. You know that that's what that 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 sometimes that, that happens like 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 that. And and Krishna can also use uh, some something negative to achieve a positive result. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and. So that they're frustrated in that way. If it wasn't for Rani Kashipu, we wouldn't have the, you know, we wouldn't know about Nishringadev. <laughs> so that there's something good there. But then, you know, there's a deeper story with the whole thing, too, you know. So you're going to understand that, that, that also. Uh, so that, uh, you know, because they're actually devotees that have to, uh, are doing this. They're, they're, they're his servants. You can't get that intimate with Krishna. So these really big demons do something else again. But the ordinary little demons are a little different. <laughs> that we that we may encounter. But the, but the, the the point of of this whole whole thing is 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 that uh, one should be very careful. Very very careful. In Krishna consciousness, and not to. I, I mean, a really advanced devotee is never thinks I'm an advanced devotee. Uh, as advancement increases, humility increases, and they don't think like that. And simply, if advanced devotee does something he thinks that it's due to the mercy of others and not me uh, and uh, so that's that the, the 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 material path and the spiritual path go in opposite directions the material path is the path of pride and the spiritual path is the path of humi- humility uh, and uh, and uh, that is not taught in our the material culture, and especially not in the material. Uh, 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 you're supposed to become proud. You know, that's what they teach pride. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and there's a difference uh, between humility and low self-esteem. 
Because low self-esteem means you think low of yourself and can't stand it. <laughs> so it's like you're upset that you're, you don't have this or that or the other thing. It's another form of false ego. Actual humility is the absence of, 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 of any kind of pride in thinking of yourself uh, simply as the servant of, of the devotees of Krishna and, and, uh, and so on. Uh, I, I have to say that it is not that devotees look for humility for its own sake, or they actually seek it because they have some kind of uh, slave mentality, is, you know, has been charged. Uh, uh, it's not. It, it, it's it's it, it's because on the path of bhakti. Uh, if humility increases, what also increases is attraction to Krishna. And that's what devotees like. Their, their, their attraction for Krishna increases, and therefore their association with Krishna increases. And therefore, they get very disturbed if they see some trace of pride, because, oh, I know this will actually alienate me from Krishna. Because it means we are here because we want to be God. And what we've got going in this world is a God project, to being the enjoyer and the controller. Krishna is the only enjoyer and Krishna is the only controller. And Prabhupada says that a devotee has no way of feeling happiness except by seeing that Krishna is happy in all respects. That's how we experience happiness. But when Krishna is happy, then you become happy. And, and so th that's... Uh, that's why you see such extreme humility. And, 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 well, and Sanatana Goswami and Jiva Goswami and Rupa Goswami, these are great devotees. But they're, they're not walking around strutting a, and about it. And they, they see themselves as the recipient of extraordinary mercy. So that that's our path. Because... because uh, and once one gets a taste for Krishna consciousness, people become eager. Uh, it's not a bad yogi, it's just an imperfect. Like, like in their next life, they're still going to be well, working Well, some, some will be. I mean, it's just the word ku. It's, uh, the, the, who translated it as bad? Like, well, one way is bad, yeah. Uh, 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 an imposter. And it can be somebody who's 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 also, but if the if the if the person recognizes the yogi recognizes he's not he's not at the highest level, if that person recognizes that, and keeps on working, then he's not going to fall down. Uh, that's 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 what will happen. So bad or imperfect, I mean. If I can look up in the dictionary just the just the ku prefix, uh, implying uh, as a prefix implying deterioration, depreciation, deficiency, want, littleness, hindrance, reproach, contempt, and guilt. So it's that whole range of meanings that can be there. Uh, so it can be a perfect hypocrite, or it could be somebody who's honest. 
depending on what you're talking about. It's the beauty of Sanskrit. Hmm? The beauty of Sanskrit yeah. is really context yeah. Well, that's why I would say, like, even the idea of good and bad, it's really based on who is perceiving it, or, like, that it wouldn't be something's you may like it or agree with it or not agree with it, but to great things, like good or bad to me has a, a connotation that it's like, if I think something's good and you look at it and you say, oh, I, it tastes bad to me. Well, that's different, yeah. But there are things that are... Well, we're not personal either. That there it's are not things. that everything is, you know, it's all relative either. I mean, we have a standard for judging good and bad, Krishna consciousness. If it's favorable devotional service, it's good. It's unfavorable. It's bad. And actually, the same thing for different people can be one or the other. Yeah. For their Krishna consciousness. Yeah, for their Krishna consciousness. Sure. Money can be good or bad, depending on whether it distracts you or helps you. Yeah, how you use it. Yeah, you're right. To your Krishna consciousness. Yeah, yeah, right. That's how we judge things. That's our standard of good or bad. So we, 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 we don't give up all, we're not relativists. We accept what's favorable and check what's unfavorable. If you're not sure, ask somebody else who's more advanced. Okay, that clear? Yeah, I just have At a least problem for the with day. good and bad. <laughs> Well, there's people that think there's no standard criteria, but I, that's our standard. Yeah. And some think that's favorable at one time can become favorable, unfavorable later on, and vice versa, depending on the circumstances. So yeah, but if you already said it was good, then how can it become bad? You know, it's just those two words, I think, are... And I can't see how coup would be translated as bad. I think I like the other translations better. You're afraid of being condemned? <laughs> not like stop. I just think, yeah, I just think if it's labeled as like said as bad, then it's not flexible. It's 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 not personal. Could it be bad at the moment. It's not personal then. It's like grading it as a set thing. It's not Here it's clear from the context what they mean mm-hmm. by the ku yogi. Mm-hmm. He hasn't. He's got a disease, but it's not completely treated. If he recognizes that it's still there, okay, he can deal with it. If he doesn't recognize that it's still there, and the the real problem here is a certain amount of pride. Yeah, now I'm a liberal. Now I'm a great soul. Now I'm a this then that person was going to fall down again. Uh, and so we'll remain attached to material things. We see sometimes that we've had people who've made a lot of advancement in our movement, got in a big position, and then become tempted by the, their big position and, and, and fallen down. The facilities given to them by Krishna for their spiritual life, they have used for something else. That's happened. You have to have to rec- recognize that this can happen. 
because they think, oh, now I'm a great devotee. Now I'm an exalted personality. So that, that can happen in Krishna consciousness. So the best thing is never think yourself advanced. <laughs> That's a better thing. Huh? Would you add to it, you know, never think yourself advanced, but still try to make it always be trying to make advancement? Yeah, you should be always trying to make advancement, right? Because people can get into that category of, well, I'm not, I'm not advanced, kind of like there's no point, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. No, we have our duty which is to be, be trying to improve. And if some improvement takes place, you can, you, you can, you can uh, give thanks to the devotees, to your spiritual master, to Krishna, to so many other things. I mean, pra- Prabhupada's own example, you know, after he did, he accomplished what the whole Gaudiya Mat couldn't do and had to accomplish it single-handedly. His own self-perception was, was that, well, he said it. He said, uh, when I was a young man, my spiritual master told me to preach in English, which meant go to the West. And I couldn't do anything until the, the fag end of my life, mm-hmm. the tail end of my life. I managed to do something. And now I have actually spread this Krishna conscious movement. And he's, he's talking to his disciples. So I have to, th- and I couldn't have done it without you. I preached a little bit and you've done so much and now you've allowed me to satisfy my spiritual master's order even though I waited so long. And he said, I waited I wait so long because I was so attached to householder life, he said. <laughs> That's what he said. This is his perception, his self-perception. That's, that that is is wonderful. Anyway. Anything else? More questions or comments? So we will continue. We'll be able to continue next week. Same time, same place. <laughs> okay, same channel. <laughs> and we'll start with uh, chapter 11th canto, chapter 28, and uh, uh, text number 30. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai.